Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're joined by NASCAR Hall of Famer and big fan favorite, Mark Martin. Mark, thank you ever so much for joining us here. Um, I guess the first thing, you know, uh, one thing that NASCAR.com always gets is, what's Mark Martin up to these days? So let's start off that way. What's what's going on in your life? I mean, uh, you know, I know you've got the power, uh, what is it, the power sports uh, place out, is in Batesville, Arkansas, if I remember correctly? Yeah, um, there were some businesses in Batesville, but um, I don't, you know, I'm not involved in them um, day to day. Um, I, I really don't have, uh, I'm re- enjoying retired life. That's, that's what it is. I mean, that's that's really all I've got going on. Um, I, uh, I enjoy uh, seeing, spending time with family and mm-hmm. seeing friends uh, and that thing and traveling uh and seeing the country um arlene and i have uh done a good bit of motor motor coaching um that's where i get my mechanical fix from is working on and and maintaining and uh you know and keeping up the the motor coach um i sold the airplane i don't fly anymore I don't have anything interesting. Uh, just I, I'm Mister Fix It. I work on things every day. Uh, you know, there's always something. Really, to be honest with you, I spend fifty percent of my time fixing stuff that I tear up. <laughs> and other probably another twenty five percent fixing things that need to be fixed. So um, just uh, keep all our vehicles clean and spotless and. Um, just live a real, um, you know, calm and normal life, you know? Well, you know, you, throughout your career, you were Mr. Busy. You were always doing things and, you know, you were, you know, racing, you were doing all the, you know, promotions and all that kind of thing. Is it kind of a, uh, an unusual feeling not to have to do all that stuff? Well, I, I still am, I still have to stay busy. Okay. Um, time is not my friend. Um, it's not good for me, and I don't do well with, with uh, I do well with just a little bit of idle time, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a project, and I have to be driven, and I have to go, and I have to go pretty hard. If I don't go hard, you know, it's not good for me, so, you, you know, I don't, I don't do well with that. Right, right, right. Where, where's home for you these days? Are you, are you in Arkansas, Florida? Where are you, where's, where's home base for you? Um, right now, I really don't have a home base. Uh, you know, we spend some time in Arkansas and some time, some time in California and some in Montana. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we, you know, we, we travel a good bit. This COVID thing has really messed a lot of things up for us. Um, we've stayed, uh, we've stayed in a lot and done a whole lot less than, uh, what, what our plans were for for 2020 and it doesn't look like 2021 is going to be a whole lot better uh but we're gonna we're gonna get out and about some but it's just not it's not what we were hoping for we were hoping to to take a motor coach trip all the way up to to canada um you know and we uh we really want to do that and make that trip but the border's still closed so i don't know uh you know life is not that not that complicated unless you make it. So, uh, you know, I enjoy, I'm enjoying another chapter of my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and really, uh, the thing I guess I'm 
do really miss about about racing is the people. Uh, working with a team was like a family, and um, the energy of the fans and whatnot. So I kind of miss that. But forty years of of competing at you know at the highest level and digging as hard as I could possibly dig with every ounce of focus I had. You know, I'm done with that. I don't care to to compete in anything. Mm-hmm. I don't play cards. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know where I. I I lost your audio there for a second. You you were lo- you were saying about cards and I lost you. Can you repeat what you said? You said to. Yeah, I I I don't like to. Uh, I'm not interested in competing in anything. I don't like to play cards or games or anything. Um, you know that that requires competing the the intensity um, and the you know the drive and the determination it took to to be competitive in in the sport that I did. You know it was uh, it was my life for forty years, and I'm just not interested in competing in much of anything anymore. Right? Do you still keep uh, you know either uh, do you either still follow NASCAR? Do you keep in contact with a lot of folks from NASCAR, or you know have you kind of stepped away from that part or, or where, where are you at with that? I'm completely away from it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know less about what's going on than, than the average fan. I am a fan. I keep up with it as far as watching it on TV or recording the races or at least watching, you know, uh, on my phone, you know, when I'm traveling or whatever, I still keep up with it. You know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I love racing with all my heart. It's just something that I'm not inter- interested in doing. I want to do other things. I want another chapter in my life before it, before it closes, and in uh, in something that's different than what I did the past forty years. All right. Well, to follow that up, then, what is on your bucket list that you haven't done yet? I mean, what what do you really want to? I mean, is there one thing that you really want to accomplish? I mean, I know some people will say. Well, I want to ride a motorcycle, or I want to jump out of an airplane and parachute. I mean, do you have anything on your bucket list that you is number one on your list? I don't really think so. I mean, I don't live in that realm. I mean, if I had something on my bucket list, I'd probably be either already done it, be making plans to do it, or whatever. Right. Uh, I I I don't really have you know. There are things to do in the future for me, but. They're, they don't eat on me. Right, They're right. Not like, right. How to do. Now, talk about the, some of the biggest highlights of your life. I've got to imagine that number one is being inducted in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. What What did it mean for you to be inducted in, into such a you know very prestigious Hall of Fame? It was a crown jewel of my career, no doubt. It was absolutely un, unbelievable. I was embarrassed uh, because I didn't feel like I belonged when I looked up the banners of the uh, the Bill Francis and the Junior Johnsons and um, you know the Dale Earnhardt's and the Richard Petty's and the Cale Yarbrough's you know the David Pearson I didn't feel worthy of being in that crowd especially as early as I felt like I went in um, you know there were a lot of greats and heroes of mine that, that needed to go in before I went in. So I was a little bit embarrassed, uh, totally, completely humbled. And uh, and to this day, I'm still humbled by the fans and, you know, uh, 
the fans support the way they've supported me right. all through my career. Right. Now, is I, I know it's hard to pick out one or two big races or accomplishments, achievements behind the wheel, but is there is there one or two races that just stick in your mind that was the best day, the most perfect day for you that you know that you always look back with as being the best day of your, your racing life? Probably Phoenix 2009. Um, I, you know, I had taken a break from full-time cup competition and didn't, uh, didn't plan on ever running full-time again. And Rick Hendrick kept offering, pushing me to come drive the five car. And I kept coming back and saying, I'll run a limited schedule in it. And we never could get that worked out. And finally, in the end, I just had this dream of experiencing winning one more time in my life, right. NASCAR race. And it came about five, five races in or so, you know, I mean, it came pretty quickly. Right. And it, it was such a electrifying win with so much positive energy from uh, Alan Gustafson and everybody on the team, uh, Rick Hendrick, um, the fans, and especially the, all the competitors that came to Victory Lane. It was something that seemed to be really special. It was really special to me, but it seemed like that the guys, the, the people that I raced against recognized what a big deal it was to, for me at 50 years old to be able to win another race right what i mean do you i mean after you left nascar did you did you get into I, I, if i remember right didn't you do a couple of um was it uh smaller races uh, or something like that you know just like on a local level or did you just when you got out of cup was that the last time you got in a race car i i was out for about five years four years and then i agreed to do a race up in um uh nova scotia really i didn't know about that I went up there, and I did that, and it was just as I suspected. I was not uh, satisfied with my performance, and I actually wanted to just go up there and sign autographs and everything and didn't want to race, and the only way we could make the deal work was for me to drive the car, and I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't want to be in the car. I didn't do a good job. That's why I didn't enjoy it. Right. I, I did, you know, I didn't meet my standards. Right. Very reason that I that I quit driving was because I would did not meet my standards, and so you probably. I, I mean that things could change, but I don't expect you to see me in a race car again. I have no desire to drive a race car. I have no desire. People always say, "Well, just come and practice, come and test, come and you know do." I get offers all the time. I have no interest in driving a race car. I drove it 40 years. I competed against Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt and Jimmy Johnson and uh, Tony Stewart and, you know, for wins and for championships, and it was intense as hell. And I don't want to do it. Anymore. Right, right. And, you know, I did it. To win, not because it was fun to go around in circles. You know, I did it because I was halfway good at that, and I wasn't good at anything else. Right. right. If I, anything else besides the people 
uh, in racing, it's being good at something. Mm -hmm. I wasn't before and I'm not now good at anything. And, and, um, and you know, I, I miss that, but I have to come to grips with it and, uh, live my life and enjoy it and have a good time and, uh, enjoy family and enjoy, you know, working on the mechanical stuff, especially with my motor home, um, and, and taking care of it and driving it and managing it. And, you know, just, I, I like to detail vehicles and keep all our cars, you know, and I, I just stay, I stay busy. Um, and I'm really happy, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with this chapter. Uh, and I'm happy with where I'm heading, uh, and where I'm at now and where I'm, I'm headed. Okay. Just a couple more questions. And I'll let you go. And thank you ever so much for taking the time. You've been very generous. Uh, just for clarification, the race in Nova Scotia, was that a late model, a modified? What kind of a race was that? It was a late model race. It was. Okay, great. I want to make sure I had that right then. Um, now, when you and I talked probably about two, three years ago, I guess it would have been, uh, I remember that you said you still go to some of the local tracks uh, you know, in Arkansas. I mean, do you still do that? A, or, or For that matter, little local tracks anywhere. I mean, I know with COVID last year, that was pretty hard to do. But, I mean, do you still go out to racetracks when you get an opportunity and, and there, there are races? Yeah, I like, I like the dirt races especially. I like the late model dirt series, uh, like uh, the Lucas Oil Dirt Series. And um, I just recently went to uh, a race uh, you know, down south of Phoenix, a late model race, mm -hmm. late race there, uh, the Wild West shootout one night. And I, I like that uh, kind of racing. I love the late models. I keep up with them a lot. I'll slip out to a local racetrack once in a while just to see uh, grassroots, you know, um, people and, and kind of relate to where I came from. And that's the thing with me is just connecting or reconnecting with that I was before all the all the NASCAR racing, you know, just the, the kid that I was in Arkansas growing up before I jumped on the, you know, on that, that uh, runaway freight train. Right, 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 right. I'm racing and racing and everything, just reconnecting to, to uh, you know, grassroots people and, and racers and, um, people that have a passion for the same kind of things that I do, motor coaches, uh, uh, big trucks, uh, you know, and, and car racing. Right, exactly. You know, one of the things that you were always known for, and we talked about it briefly in, in the beginning of the interview, was the fans. I mean, they just absolutely love Mark Martin. Even though he's retired now, you know, your, your name is always, uh, you know, seemingly always brought up, you know, among fans. They always, you know, they say about how great of a racer you were. How humbling is that? How does, how good does that make you feel that fans to this day and probably for another 20, 30 more years from now are going to say, you know, Mark Martin was my driver. Mark Martin was one of the best out there. I mean, how humbling does that make you feel? It's really unbelievable. It is certainly humbling. I, you know, I don't know. I just always tried to stay real. Mm -hmm. um, tried to stay true to who I was and what I believed. And I tried to be, you know, um, tried to be a man. Tried to take uh, take my lumps like a man and and, um, and and just tried to be fair on the racetrack. I raced hard. 
but I, I also raced very fair mm-hmm. and um, it, it, it endeared a lot of fans to me. I'm not sure why, because I'm certainly not, you know, a special, I, you know, I'm a pretty boring person. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. I did race hard and, 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 uh, and I tried hard and I endured a lot of uh, heartbreaks and, um, and failures along the way. And so I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like the fans supported me all through my career beyond anything that I could have ever dreamed. And that's why I still had rides up into my fifties when many don't okay. It's because in the fan support, um, it was just, uh, just amazing. And they had a huge hand in, in my success and especially in my longevity. Exactly. Did, did the fans still, um, you know, reach out to you either by letters or emails or do they, you know, do re- people recognize you, you know, when you're out and about in the country, you know, or around, you know, as you're going around with your motorhome? I mean, do fans, uh, do they still reach out to Mark Martin and say, hey, you know, do they ever engage you in conversation or, you know, like I said, emails or letters, that kind of thing? Um, you know, I'm not recognized nearly as much when I'm out as I used to, but the other day I was fueling my coach at a, motor coach at a truck stop and the guy that was fueling next to me in his truck said hi mark <laughs> and, I just, and uh, that was kind of unusual but uh you know i have a strong social media um presence right. with twitter and instagram um and facebook although i don't i don't use facebook very much mm-hmm. uh, instagram a lot and Twitter, the Twitter following is unbelievable. Um, so we, I engage with the fans that way. Right, right, right. More than, more than most retired drivers do. I'm going to put a big smile on your face. Okay, get ready for this question because you're going to love this question. My podcast, which is going to de- debut next Tuesday, it, the first guest is Ray Evernham. And Ray said to me, if you got any ideas of people who may want to join this, uh, what is it, the Superstar Racing Experience, that six-race series he's going to have this uh, you know, June and July, he, he and Tony Stewart are the, the two main front guys about it. Now, come on. I want to see Mark Martin in that. Can we, can, can we somehow convince you to maybe get into that kind of thing? Not going to happen. No? Oh, come on. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't want to drive a race car. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'm sorry. Race. Uh, I, I, done you know i i that's it i i don't want to drive a race car i might change my mind someday i doubt it uh but i have no desire absolutely no desire to drive a race car much less compete right. I, I compete hard for a long time and it was hard on me it was grind it was not all fun and game i wasn't that good i had to work hard to succeed and to compete against the greatest of all time, right? The stock car drivers of all time, um, and I was probably average, but I was able to take it to those guys from time to time. And it was because I worked so hard. I don't want to do that anymore. Okay, that makes sense. Final question: 
Who was the toughest driver you ever faced? Be it, you know, in NASCAR, ASA, was there one guy that just stood out among your, um, you know, your, uh, your fellow drivers who was, like you, a fair driver, but was the toughest opponent you ever faced? That might be Larry Phillips. Really? Tell me about that. No, that just might be Larry Phillips. Larry Phillips was unbelievable. Um, he was unbelievable. And uh, he was quite a guy. Gave me my first job. Really? I worked okay. in the summer of 77 and raced against him every Friday and Saturday night of 77. Um, you can look up his history. I mean, he won like 93. One year he won 93% of the our regional races he entered something like that I think it was 90, either 88 or 93 percent mm-hmm. um, but we can't get him into the NASCAR Hall of Fame it's unbelievable his, his, which came later after you know in the NASCAR regional late model series stuff I don't think anybody has I think his records beats anything in, anywhere it's unbelievable what he did um, I might be Larry Phillips. What what made him so so hard to race against? He beat you. He beat with a you. Slow car. Right. Maybe more often than Earnhardt would beat you with a slow car. <laughs> or- exactly, exactly. Well, Mark, I can't thank you enough for all the time you've taken today. I really appreciate this. I will text you once the um, interview is on NASCAR.com, and as soon as it hits uh, you know, the, the website, then I'm going to also put it on uh, podcasts as well as YouTube, just the audio, not the video, just the audio. And I think we're fans are really going to enjoy this. And I'm also going to put it on social media as well, too, so you'll probably see, see it out there as well, too. So thank you ever so much. And... Um, uh, maybe we'll see you somewhere around the way. I don't know if, you know, maybe at a track or something, but, uh, you know, or if I get through Batesville and you're out that way, I'll just definitely stop by. But thank you ever so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right, you take care now. We'll see, yeah. talk to you later then, okay? Okay, bye-bye, Mark. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.